So this is part two, and I thought this would be the finale, but I'm not sure it will. So um, we're following on from what I preached a couple of weeks ago, and if we bring up the 2 Corinthians chapter 10 at the back, it's going to come up at the front. Um, so a couple of weeks ago I was talking about uh, a concept that had gripped my thinking over the course of the summer um, through a verse in 2 Corinthians 10, which was um, basically about how as our faith grows, uh, the sphere of influence that, that not just we have, but that actually that God allows to happen will, will grow. And I talked about the, the word metron, and metron is a Greek word for, which is translated in all sorts of different ways. And basically, the, 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 how big is God's sphere of influence? It's actually it's universal and eternal, so it's not even limited to time. Um, and then how big is, is the church's sphere of influence? Well, the church's sphere of influence is, is, is given to it, it's a portion to it. There's a portion that's given to, to uh, particular circumstances, but that portion is not limited. As, as, as our faith grows, that what God will entrust us with is more of, of his overall kingdom reality. And then that is also true for every individual. So we, we, even within the context of a church, what, how, how, uh, how much can you do? What, what's the limits? I know I've, I've had one or two people um, in the past, there was somebody who was uh, doing our school and felt stirred to, to, to relocate to be part of Eastgate. And then he, he chatted with me and he said, but you've got all the bases covered. And I said, that's a very limited way of thinking. You know, we might have all our bases covered at this moment, but if we're going to expand, we certainly haven't got all the bases covered. So if you're looking into the future, we've never got all our bases covered. Now, that's uncomfortable for some people, um, because we like to have it all covered. But uh, the the reality of the kingdom of of God is it's always expanding, and it's always extending. And then, so, So the bases are never all covered, but there's only one person who's got them all covered. God. Which is kind of reassuring. So, so um, the concept that it says is, is our hope. Uh, yeah, hope is that as your faith continues to grow, our sphere of activity among you will greatly expand. It, it then goes on to say in verse 16, so that we can preach the gospel in the regions beyond you. So, so I talked about that. Now, what I want to try and do today is, is, is uh, get some idea of, 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 of oops, how your faith can continue to grow and our faith as, as a group of people can continue to grow um, and the continuation is, is the really important word that, that, that once you've stopped you're in trouble um, so that, that's a, the first thing I'm going to say is keep moving so if you want to have a number one it's actually how much more is there to discover and faith is, if I can summarise faith basically faith is this um, Christian faith is faith in God there's a lot of faith in the world, um, and that's fact everybody exercises faith every day in all sorts of dimensions. Because if you substitute the word trust for faith, then it's much easier to sort of um, understand it in one sense. Because people tend to put faith a little bit in, in, in a religious context. But if you, if you think of the word trust, is what and who do you put your trust in? Every day. Every day we choose to put our trust in, in things and in people, in ourselves, and in things that we can't see, things that we just know happen to exist. Like there's, there's, there are radio signals in here, there's actually TV signals in here at this moment in time. Did you understand that? that you know, that, that, how many TV channels are passing through this room at this moment? Thousands, yes, but can you see them? No, because we're not connecting to them, we're not actually displaying them. 
Um, how much of God's power is actually passing through this room at this moment in time? Infinite, eternal, beyond measure, how much are we, are we displaying at this moment in time? Well, a limited amount. God's power, he doesn't ramp up his power, it just is. It's, it's a matter of how much we, we connect to it. So, so faith for me is, is how much I'm connected to the reality of God and how much that reality is expressed through my life on planet Earth, how, how it is made accessible. So, um, so I was thinking about this. Um, any, anybody got any idea how old the Internet is? Well, I've been studying this, and it, it, actually it's quite difficult to say, because there, there, there are certain things, it was invented on this day in, in 1984 by a guy called, what's his name, um, British guy, can't remember. Yeah. Um, and then as I went back through the, the research and history of it, actually they said there's ideas of it that go right back into the 1960s, when that people started to develop networks of computers. And what you know is that more than 50 years ago, people started to dream of basically uh, the whole world being able to access uh, information and technology and stuff like that. So, and how much has the world changed in 50 years? Now, how much do you depend upon those changes in your life every day? Okay, so, so as a question, if you wanted to find out some information about something, what would you do? Google it. Google it, yes? Is that right? Is that what I'm saying? So, that's what we say. We, we would Google it. Everybody and it's what we refer to. We Google it. So, so how much faith does the world trust, uh, place in Google? It's extraordinary. It's just, you listen on the radio. Oh, we Google it. We Google it. We Google it. Google has become a verb. When did that, that word come into being? Any ideas? Well, 1998 is the answer. Less than 20 years ago. <laughs> Isn't that not amazing? Less than 20 years ago. This, this was, and I remember when there were all sorts of search engines. Like, when you started to use the internet, there's some of these things. I can't even remember them now, because actually they've all been engulfed by Google. Really, Yahoo's still trying to, but I don't think... I don't, I don't. Every now and then my, my computer defaults to Yahoo. I think, no, I don't want Yahoo, I want Google. <laughs> Did you, anybody else do that? You think, oh, I don't have one that. I don't I want Google. Because <laughs> I don't trust Yahoo. Why? Because I don't use it. I've got no reason not to trust it. I just don't. It's not a distrust. I just don't trust it because I've found Google. <laughs> it's reality. I, I, I don't think of using another search engine, broadly speaking. Now, is Google just a search engine? No, it started as an idea of search engine. Well, what else does it do in your life? Well, it does a lot. It's maps. So Kim has discovered Google Maps recently on her phone. This now directs us as we go through the traffic. The live Google Maps. Yes, the live. She likes it. It even... Yeah, yeah, no, no, that's all right. Yes, it's all right. It even even speaks... It even speaks to us in our car. Turn left, turn right. Do you know what? Even it... The reason it's getting more and more popular because it updates with real real, real life time. So if it sees something coming, it says, oh, no, we won't go that way. We'll go around here. That's right, cool. Amazing. What if you wanted to see, say you're buying a house and you wanted to see the big picture of, of, of the lie of the land? Google Earth. How many of you have got a Gmail account? 
access YouTube? Yep, that's Google now. They, 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 that's, they brought it up. Got it. What else have they got? They've got, um, I'm just trying to think. Now, hit, oh, well, tell you what, they've got a mission statement. Do you know Google's got a mission statement? This is it. It says, to organ- listen to this, to organize the world's information and make it universally accessible and useful. That's a pretty, pretty big mission statement, is it? <laughs> to organize the world's information and make it universally accessible and useful. They've got something that we trust and is actually changeable. They're actually now on a, a mission to, to uh, um, provide public, fi- public Wi-Fi um, everywhere around the world. Did you know that the access to the Internet is now uh, one of the United Nations human rights? It's regarded as a human right by the, by, by the United Nations because it has the power to change people's lives in any country by access to resources and information, education that can change their lives. So, and, and, so Google is helping the access of that reality. This is amazing, isn't it? What's that got to do with faith? Everything. Okay, so if I, if I substituted the church mission statement to make the revelation, love and power of God universally accessible and useful. You don't look as impressed as you did with Google. I'm coming up. This is, I think this is really good. This is a good mission statement for any church, and I would suggest the universal church, to make the revelation, love and power of God universally accessible and useful. You're getting it now. You're getting it now. I'll, I'll do it again. To make the revelation, love, and power of God universally accessible and useful. What's the search engine for that? Where do people search for that? Well, they search in the Bible. Where, where do they search first if they're trying to find a connection to God? Church. With the search engine. If you want to find Jesus, where should they search? The church. Do they? I don't know. How much do they trust the church to be a reliable search engine? Okay. Well, what's going to happen? What's going to happen is our faith has got to grow. Because as our faith grows, and the Bible talks about this, it says actually that, um, it says the kingdom of, of heaven, this is in Romans, the kingdom of heaven is righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. It says those who, who serve God in the, serve Christ in this way are pleasing to God, and then it says something interesting at the end of it, and approved by men. There's something very interesting, approved by men. What is it that they find appropriate? So, right, so the key issues are righteousness, peace, and joy, which is why it's really important that laughter is a feature of our getting together. I love it. Do you know that was one of the things in, in, in 1994 when Toronto Blessing broke, broke out across, across the globe? Wow, laughing in church, mighty suspicious. I'm very, very suspicious. And, whoo, clamped down on. Right, whoo. So if anybody wants to search for joy, they're certainly not going to find it here. <laughs> we don't do that stuff. In fact, we, we forbid it. Is it surprising, therefore, that they, people are not accessing the reality of who God is through the church? 
See, we, we learn to trust things, don't we? Just as we've learned to trust Google over the course of 20 years with so many different dimensions of impact into our lives, then people will learn to trust God, and we need to learn trust, to trust God in every dimension of life. See, see, where do you go for the details of life? See, I would suggest to you that before you t- search Google, you search the heart and mind of God. Has he got wisdom for every situation in your life? Has he got the answers actually better than Google? His, his wisdom is not worldly. It's not, it doesn't carry fear and condemnation and guilt with it. It, it carries life. It carries peace. It carries joy. It, it, it comes with, with, with loving kindness without any blame attached. It, it's, it doesn't come conditionally because it's full of grace. So if I want the details of my life explained to me, I've got no better source than the one who's the giver of my life. He's the one who can explain the big picture to me as well. Because he sees it all. He hasn't just got a few satellites up there looking down on planet Earth. He's actually got the whole world, the whole universe in his hands. Isn't that beautiful? Who, who, who can predict the trials and the turns and the bits of life? You say, oh, what you've got to negotiate. Who can see it all in advance? Even before Google. So when he says, do it this way, you say, oh no, I know better. Oh no, actually you don't. <clears throat> he knows it all. And I just love connecting to him. <clears throat> Who's the best connection for us with other people? He is actually. The way that we connect with other people through the power of the Holy Spirit, through loving kindness, this is how the church grows. We grow up into him, it says. And as the church grows in its connection to Jesus, we grow in connection to one another effectively. No, it says, if you love God, you will love each other. A demonstration of loving God is, 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 is the loving of each other. It says, this is how the world will know that you're my disciples, by the love you have for one another. The, the love of God needs to be made manifest. That's why it's, it's such a travesty when people find hatred within the church where churches slag one another off where does that happen the most? on the internet people hide behind the anonymity of all sorts of things and think they can be hateful in the idea of of theological correctness I would call it if you express a theological opinion in a hateful way, you're already being unbiblical. That makes sense. You know, you're trying to guard a theological perception, opinion that you have, and you do it in a way that is hateful. You are already outside of God's plans. You've already gone off track. You're heading for the ditch. We have no excuse to turn our love off, as Danny would often tell us. So, how to grow in faith. I've got 15 points, and I'm never going to get through more. That, that's probably going to increase, because I'm actually writing a book about this a month. So, here, you actually, you have permission to nudge me on this, because this book's been in formation for a long time now. So, not every week, please, but actually, every now and then... <laughs> And there's a lot of you there, so this could get tedious, but every now and then, you have permission to say, how's the, be, how's the book coming on, Pete? And I go, ah. Okay, so, 
I've got to pick some of these out. So if you want to grow, grow in, in faith, in your connection, then you need to encounter God, number one. How do you encounter God? And we do it in different ways, don't we? It, it's not everybody has the same way of connecting to God, but there is a sense of actually coming together to connect. So, you know, how important is this? This is vitally important. Now, meeting together, I just love it. I love the fact that I get more than one opportunity on a Sunday morning. I hang around for both because I think, wow, I can connect to God and with these people. There's something about corporate worship that you cannot uh, replicate in any other way. It's why, it's why you can't really do church over the internet. I don't believe you can. I believe you can, you can, you can, it's not wrong to experience the things and, you know, worship, but actually, you know, I think if your only connection to, to church is, is, is through the internet, through the TV, it, it, when you're not gathering with, with a group of believers, then your faith can't grow as it's meant to. It can grow in some ways, but actually there's a bigger dimension than that. The ability of coming together and playing our part in the corporate worship is number one. And when God moves, move with Him. When, 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 you know, the Holy Spirit starts to blow upon us, then it's, it's important that we, we let Him blow and, and He takes us. When the power of God descends, allow Him to hit you. Now, I, was t- I heard somebody recently, um, he said, uh, and it was slightly, I thought it was a slightly, um, not quite sure what I'm talking about, a statement, I'm not quite sure how to describe it. And then someone said, oh, I, I I never fall over under the power of God. I thought, poor. It was quite a big statement. I said, um, hmm. I wouldn't give God that challenge if I were you. Cause... <laughs> I don't mind people saying, I tend not to. Do you know, yeah, because not everybody does. Some, 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 you know, some oof, they've got, gone, you know, they're like, God. And there are different manifestations of the power of God. But you know, you, you must, if you choose to limit what God can do with you, you will choose your, you will limit your connection. And I say to people, if I'm praying for them and they're worried about falling over, I just say, lie down first. There's nothing special about falling over. <clears throat> but it seems to me as I read the Bible, when God turned up in glory, most people ended up on their faces. And every knee will bow before Him. <laughs> It will happen. Connect to God, however you connect to God. Don't be frightened of his power. Because in 1 Corinthians 2, it says this, My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. Feast yourself on testimonies of God's power. So, um, yesterday, Anne Townend, who... Uh, runs the healing centre here. She sent me a text through, which I thought, yes, here comes another one. So she said, fantastic morning at the healing centre. Stories of somebody had chronic pain for years. Pain's completely disappeared. Bob Ashford, wherever he is, got, uh, got his use of his hands back. Other things going on. Yeah! Oh, there you are. Is that true? You've got hands back moving in a way that you couldn't be... Is that right? From yesterday morning. So what do I do? I yeah! You know, that's the power of God being demonstrated, love and power of God. I feast on this, rather. Oh, yeah, another testimony. Yeah, Yeah, of course we do. We're at Eastgate, that happens all the time. No, no, no. uh, There's a lovely song, May We Never Lose Our Wonder. I want to never lose my wonder 
that God would interact with planet Earth in such a beautiful way. I love it when I see the um, another manifestation, which I think I, I interact with it. So I, I can't remember who I was talking to. Oh, it was Steph, actually, last Sunday evening. I said, oh, hey, look at the floor. All the sparkly stuff is starting to multiply again. It was, it was just, I, don't, I don't seek it, but I do take note of it. And it's happened again today. So there's lots of sparkly stuff around. Um, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, it's, it's, there's stuff around that God just creates out of nothing. Um, and we've had, it's been going on for a couple of years now, all around. And, you know, I, I remember... Uh, one time evening school, actually Zoe, do you remember that time when, when just, it just started to smother everything, the chairs downstairs, everything. Another time when we, when we were in day school and this lectern got completely smothered with this sort of glittery stuff. And as we, as we sort of put it on our hands, it would, you'd get it on your hands, but then it would replenish on the lectern. And then, oof, and it just kept on coming, it keeps on coming. You know, God is creating something out of nothing. Only He can do that. You say, oh, well, it's only a little bit, I think. If I can't be fascinated by a speck that God has created out of nothing, then I will fail to see the big picture. If that, if that, that doesn't amaze me on a continual basis. Yeah. And one of the big, biggest problems that, um, well, one of the stories that highlights one of the biggest problems I see in, in, in uh, Interaction with God is familiarity is, is, is Nazareth. So it says, it talks about when Jesus went back to Nazareth, he couldn't do miracles there. Do you know why? Because he was amazed at their lack of faith because they chose to know Jesus as, as the carpenter, as Mary's son, and you know, the boy who'd been brought up here, but they refused to acknowledge him as God and the worker of miracles. You know, unless we're willing to receive the next revelation of who God is, then we will stop and we'll put God in a box and our faith will, at that point, stop growing. And our sphere of influence will not only just rest there, it will shrink. That's a huge problem. Okay, Romans 10.17 says this, Faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. And what it says there, that that faith comes from hearing, is it's a continuous uh, verb, it's a continuous present tense which means that as I continue to hear, my faith will grow. And there's all sorts of applications of that, um, but I want to continually hear the voice of God. And how do I hear the voice of God? In all sorts of different ways. Um, prophecy is one of them, and we're, we're looking at how we push in to, to greater realms of, of prophecy with the need to go, act, really actively doing that. So actually, if you want to come on that journey with us, I want to see more of the revelation of God. I, I love the, the degree of prophecy we have within these guys. You know, so if I said, do you want a prophetic word? I could probably turn you to about 50 people in this, this room right now and you get a prophecy. Yeah. Um, it's great. So, so we're used to that level, but do you know there's more? It says that you should prophesy in accordance with your faith. So if your faith grows up, actually our levels of revelation and prophetic, you know. Anybody, has anybody watched Sean Bolts in action? Then there's another level to attain to. <laughs> just, just a bit. Has Sean Bolts got it all? No, he hasn't. There's more. And then another way I just would suggest to you is um, very radical. This is a really radical thought. Is read your Bible. And I thought, actually, I'm not quite sure how often we say this up here. We almost take it for granted, but it's easy to take for granted. But how many of us make sure we're diligent in that realm? 
And uh, I, I have to include myself in that, actually, make sure. Now, there's, there is sen- some sense there's a, di- a discipline, but there's also the delight in, in reading the Bible. And the Bible is not, you know, God can use, he uses the Bible. It's his inspired word. Anybody got any problems with this? The Bible is the inspired word of God. It's not the only thing he will speak through, but actually it does give us sort of guidelines and parameters of actually to understand the voice of God. The Bible is, 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 is absolutely fundamental in that. Um, and so what we're actually suggesting um, that you might like to join in with is, is every year um, the... The uh, students in the, in the daytime school of supernatural life actually go on a, a Bible reading program, which basically gives them the narrative of the Bible, not all the, the, the not all the numbers. You know, numbers where so many there were some boring bits in there. <laughs> You've got to admit there are some boring bits. God, God, God can still speak through it, but you know, there are certain chapters where you think, oh, my goodness, I remember reading the book of Numbers. I thought, God, why did you put this in the Bible? <laughs> and then and then he spoke to me. He said, you know what? That's because every one of them is special to me. Oh, oh. All those names, you think, oh, that's a list of names. They're not just a list of names, they're people who are now in heaven. God records every one. Oh, right, okay, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry I was bored, but I was. <laughs> but I'm now fascinated. But anyway, we're taking the boring bits out. In one sense. So if you want to go on a journey through, then we're going to do a Bible reading program. It starts next Friday when the students get here. And it'll go through towards the end of May. And, and basically a daily reading of about one or two chapters. One, two or three chapters per day. <laughs> I've got, I've got the program here for the first, first two. So it says Genesis 1 and Proverbs 8. Genesis 2 to 3. They start them off light. Okay. So it starts light. It's, 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 a, it's, it's a nice little on-ramp for you. Anyway. Kim's helping me a lot here. On the, on, I'm just trying to sell this to you. Okay, so, but it, it's um, how many of you'd like to join in together with a Bible reading program that we could do together? You know, there's something about doing because actually, what the students do, they they, they do the Bible. You know, then you're on a common ground of discovery, and there's the beauty of hey, what did you get out of that? Wouldn't it be fun to do that as a church? So we're going to make that known to you. It'll be on the update next week. So when your update comes out next Friday. Then you can start. And if you want to know, just so it's going to be very easy. If in case you forget what's happening next Friday, it's Genesis chapter one. <laughs> okay, so so we're, we're actually going to start at, at the start. Um, there's also the, the, the Proverbs eight twenty two thirty one is actually um, it talks about creation. So, so if you want to put the context together, so Genesis one. So, so can you remember that what we started with next Friday? Wow. You've only got one chapter three plus about ten verses in Proverbs. Can you manage that? Good. Wouldn't that be fun to do that together as a journey? Now, what will God speak to us through his word? Wouldn't that be beautiful? Let's do it, shall we? That'd be fun. And so we're going to grow in that, grow in our understanding of the Bible and God's revelation through that. We're going to grow in prophecy. Um, If you want to grow in faith, you can ask for more. Did you know that? Because it's a gift. You might say that sounds like cheating. Sure, you have to work at this. Well, you, there is a, there's a sense of work, but there's also the sense of grace. You know, you can ask for more faith, and God will give you a gift of faith. Then what you do with that gift, if you're faithful with what it gives you, you'll get more. Keep moving, I think I've already said that. Um, we haven't got time to look at the Roman centurion, but we'll come back to him probably. But an understanding of how heaven's authority works is really important. 
Um, there's stuff on that in my book, Unwrapping Lazarus. The ability to overcome disappointment. So keep your hope up. I'm going to come back to that one as well. Um, so I, I wonder... Shall I see if I can do... Well, this is going to be a test to do these three in, a, in ten minutes. But um, faith is, is always put in the context of love. Did you know that? It says that that's, that's how faith is expressed. Faith without love is just a noise. So faith is, is an access, but it needs to be put very clearly in the context of love. And I'll, I'll, I'll elaborate more on that in future times. Then the other one is, that, do you know your faith is going to be tested? Why is your faith going to be tested? To make it strong, because it's actually worth more than gold. It says your, your faith is worth more than gold. And it's really important that actually you, you value it. And it's also put to the test because actually you then understand how well you've got or what you haven't got so that you can continue to grow. Um, uh, coming up for ooh, three years ago now, we, Kim and I got a new car, and for us it was actually our first time we'd ever had a new new car. Um, we had plenty of cars that were new to us, but never a new car. And it had all these new little gadgets. I thought, wow, we've never had this before. You think this is fun? Um, and it even told me if the tyre pressure dropped low. Used to have to do that with a little gauge, but now it tells you internally tyre pressure low. And anyway, so I thought, well, that car could, could be handy. So one, one day I was driving along, and, and I thought, most of us don't bother to check our tyre pressures now, do you? Because you... Not often. In reality, you used to do it every week, but now you don't. You just think, well, yeah, it'll tell me. So anyway, one day the, 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 the car told me that one of my tyre pressures was low. I thought, well, that's, that's useful information. Thank you very much. So I went to the garage, and I pumped the tyre up, and it had dropped from... 29 to 23. It was still working, you know, and I hadn't noticed it. It wasn't bobbling around. And it was, it, so I thought, that, that'll sort that out. So about three days later, the, the, the indicator went on again. I thought, oh, that's interesting. And it dropped to 23 again. I thought, that's strange. Um, so I went back and pumped some more tyre in the tyre. All happy. And about three days later, it dropped down to 23. I thought, this is really strange. What's going on here? Now, it never dropped below 23, because I thought I'd try it out and see what happened. I just thought, oh. 23, it's 23, it's 23, 23. I think, that's really weird. Uh, and then I, I had some thought, I thought, why does it only drop to 23? Why doesn't it go low? If, if it's leaking, because it definitely was. And then I had this thought, I thought, yeah, I think there's something wrong with my tyre. Big revelation here. <laughs> something, something going on with, something going on with this tyre. And then I thought, I think, I know what's going on, I think I've got a nail on it. A nail in the tyre is not a good idea, is it, if it goes away, so because, because then the air can escape. Now, what was interesting is when the, when the tyre was pumped up to 29 and above, then the, the, the tyre was expanded enough for the air to escape. But as soon as it went down to 23, the actual, the contracture of the tyre clamped around the nail screw. I, that's right, I, I went along to the guys who fixed the tyres, and they told me this was, this was quite a common thing. That actually, it, so, so the fault in the tyre would only become revealed when it was expanded. There was a level of pressure that it could contain that it was okay on. That's the, truth for our, that's the same that's true for our lives. You say, hey, what's going on? I'm leaking. It's because you've got something that needs fixing. Yeah, but I was all right three weeks ago. That's because you weren't under the same pressure. That makes sense. God wants you to expand. And in order to do so, he might reveal... Some issues. What are you going to do with those issues? Oh, no, I prefer to... I don't mind. I don't want to leak. Come on. No, do you want to expand? The issue is, do you want to expand? Oh, no, I feel, oh, I feel guilty. No, don't feel guilty or ashamed. That's not the issue. Got something that needs sorting? Get it sorted. Why? So that you can expand. 
That's why your faith gets tested. Because God doesn't want you to be limited. Okay. What do you think is the most common way that God tests you? All of us. Common factor. Every one of us handles this. Every day. Sorry? Money. Money, you're right. So I had a thought today, you know. One lots of thoughts today, but I'm thinking. Um, this is what it says. It, this in um, Luke chapter 16. It says, Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. What I just talked about. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. So if you've not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? See, see God wants to trust you with true riches, not, ju- not just money. So he, he, he'll push up. But then, if, you, if you're not able to handle that because you don't get rid of the nails in your life, then it will it will limit down. So, I, I basically believe that the Bible teaches the principle of tithes and offerings. Okay? And I, I'm unapologetic about this, I'm very clear about it, and I, I just think, that, and Jesus, Jesus com- even commended the Pharisees for tithing. Like the only one thing I can find he, he, he commended them for. They were trying to use that as an excuse not to love, but actually said, no, you keep doing that and you love. <laughs> um, and it's an issue of faith, isn't it? Who do you trust to provide for you? Is God your provider? This is a big one. Will you trust him to provide for you financially, physically, in reality? Because that will open the way into the other dimensions. Do you want to trust him for healing and miracles? The big stuff? Changing the world? He wants to give you that. He wants to entrust us that. But actually, there is a test that he does. So, Here's a thought. Imagine you've got an income of £20,000 and you want to tithe. It's very easy. God didn't make it tricky. He didn't make it 7.5% or VAT. It's not a VAT calculation. All you do is take an order. So how much do you have to... It's not have to tithe. How much do you choose to tithe out of £20,000? Two. So you've got an income of £100,000. How much do you have to... Ten. Which is the more difficult... Well, it depends whether you think about the 10% or the 90%. How easy is it to live on £18,000 compared to £90,000? I would suggest to you that it's actually more challenging to tithe with less money than it is with a lot of money. But with a lot of money, you know what? You get dependent upon it and you think, hey, that's a lot of money to give away. Who gave it to you in the first place? Who entrusted you with that sum? He wants to see, are you faithful? And I think the first place God looks is what you do with that first 10%. And I've said this many times, and I will land with this, everybody tithes. It's just a matter of what you give your first 10% to. That first 10% goes somewhere. I guarantee you, every one of you, no matter how much money, your first 10% goes somewhere. And in my experience, 
the people who sort this out are the ones who tend to grow in faith the most. That's my experience. And I've made this promise, I'm not, I'm not making this promise to you, all of you right now, but I've done this in the past. When I've, I've been talking to people about this. I said, let me challenge you and encourage you. Step out and do it. And you know what? Come back and tell me in a month's time, and if it hasn't worked out for you, I'll give you your money. I've done it countless times. I've never had anybody come back to me and say, please give me the money, it didn't work. I've only ever had people come back to me many, on countless times and said, you know what, that is amazing. So I would say that's, that's, a, that's a place to aim at. You know, if you're struggling to actually hit 10% straight away, can I suggest you steps of faith? You might start with two. But with a name. And then once you get the 10% sorted, that's the fun bit. It starts after that, which is the offerings. What do you do with your 90%? That's an interesting action. That's where if you earn £100,000, you've got far more options than the 20000 But even if you've got 20, you've got options. That making sense to you? So, I'd like you this week to just think about that. And if necessary, put it straight. And I'm quite clear that in terms of the, the Bible's principles, it says, bring the tithe into the storehouse. And the storehouse is where you, where you get your food from. And in my understanding, that is the community of a local church. That's where tithes belong. And then offerings are outside that. Kim, Kim and I have tithed our income since before we were married. And then we have the adventure of giving beyond that, which we actually love. And I think it's one of the keys to faith. So, let's pray, shall we? How many, do you want to stand up? I'm, I'm guessing you all want to grow in faith. Yeah? You're up for that? So we've got a few things practical. How many of you are up for the challenge of giving? You're up for it? Because it, it, it is a challenge, but it is a, it's, a, it's an extraordinary adventure as well. So Father, we thank you that you, that you are the faithful one. And we choose to discover more of who you are. And right now we say we trust you. We trust you, we trust you, we trust you. And Father, we ask that our faith would grow as we continue to connect with you in greater measure. And Father, I pray that you would deposit specific faith into people's hearts and minds with regard to finances. Father, I pray, break through any poverty mentality that would restrict us. And Father, would you release generosity amongst us in greater measure? Amen.